just like appreciating music or appreciating dance or appreciating, you know, visual art, um, everybody should learn, you know, how how important art is for the world, how art does change the world. Uh, you know, in your history class, they they gloss over the fact that everything in history happened because it was first written, sung, painted, yeah. you know, in like Socrates said, right? Um, you know, show me the um, the songs of a land and I'll show you her laws. Uh, it, it always is first showing up in the arts before it actually occurs. And so art is very powerful. It, it really truly does change the world. Today I'm talking to the artist and founding owner of the Milan Art Institute, Ellie Milan. Good afternoon. Hello. Hi. It's How so, are you? I'm fine, thank you. It's so great to meet you here on Zoom. Yeah, nice to meet you. You've got one of your lovely paintings in, in, in the background, I see. Yeah, I'm in, I'm in my studio. Oh, wonderful. Beautiful. Oh, I saw your work on, on your website and amazing. I mean, and the colors that you are using is is so beautiful. Oh, thank you very much. But first I want to say that uh, there's a quote on the on your homepage, a quote by you, which I find so lovely. Well, thank you. <laughs> yeah, tell me about this quote. What um, it's is this uh, almost how you want to live your life, or? Um, yeah, the um, I haven't looked at it in a while, but the one about um, you know passion and to yeah. um, you know live with purpose and um, you know step into your destiny wholeheartedly and. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, now it really, um, I really like it, and and I wrote it down. I I think it's a good, it's a good good quote to inspire you on a daily basis. But you've got a beautiful story. I read that you, um, or you you can tell the story how you started painting. Um. Yeah. Uh, well, I started painting when I was a teenager, when I was 15. And um, so you want me to just tell the story? Yeah, because I read yeah. that you um, I read that you didn't actually uh, paint or draw and that then then suddenly you realized that you could. It yeah. was a was it a, a, a somebody who, who made a speech about right brain? Tell me about that. Yeah. So, um, Betty Edwards, she wrote, um, drawing from the right side of the brain. It's a really well-known book and it had only been published uh, a few years. And I guess she was doing like a book tour or something like that. And our school had a big endowment for the arts. So they, uh, paid for her to come and do a workshop. And, uh, I really wasn't, uh, interested in art. I didn't have any kind of background in art and, um, and, you know, hadn't shown any signs of ability or aptitude or anything. Um, other than my parents said, when I was a kid, I liked to color, you know, that's about it, but what kid doesn't like to color. Right. Mm -hmm. So, uh, anyway, she came to the school and she was teaching all about right brain and how to activate your right brain and took us through all these right brain exercises. And after that, just something turned on and suddenly I could draw. 
And I did this drawing of Marilyn Monroe. And I went home and I showed it to my mom. And she was like, oh, you didn't draw that. I, I don't believe you. One of your friends drew that. And I was like, no, no, I drew it. I, I just learned. And she didn't believe me. So she um, she was reading the newspaper. And so there was this like um, flashback to some composer. I don't know. There was some classical concert going on. And so there was a picture of an old composer and she ripped it out and handed it to me. And she said, well, if you can draw, go draw this guy. And so I went in my room and I, I drew it for her and I brought it back and she was, she was amazed. And then she believed me. So uh, but what yeah, it just was a right brain thing, you know? Yeah. But I, when I read this, I thought to myself, you know what it's uh, with me, it's the same thing. I, I think also, you know, as a child, I never, you stop drawing. And we, I spoke to somebody the other day also and said, why do we stop drawing? Or why, you know, why is it that that uh, children that express themselves through art uh, when you are young, but then suddenly you stop drawing? And there must be some, there must be many people like you who yeah. could have, you know, if it was the right inspiration, who could have, uh, also, and, uh, you know, also start painting or drawing. Yeah, I mean, I think it's school. Yeah. Mm. I mean, school kills the imagination and they really endeavor to muscle up your left brain. Um, everything's about, you know, there's one right answer, um, you know, multiple choice questions, true or false um you know, you you do everything alone. Um, you don't you're not taught to really collaborate. Um, and it's like everything that's a right brain activity or intuition or abstract thought or, you know, but schools like be quiet, don't talk, stay in your seat, do what the teacher says, you know, and it doesn't, uh, it doesn't make us, um, you know, I don't know, individual thinking people or entrepreneurs or artists for sure. And so I was one of those people that had a big old left brain and, um, you know, a teeny tiny right brain and something happened, you know, where I, I didn't know how to see and what, what that workshop taught me is how to break down form and shape, um, and to really be able to see it. And instead of, you know, drawing an eye, you know, symbolically like, oh, an eye looks like this. It was, you know, really look at it and look at the shapes, look at the way the light and the the shadows are are creating form there. And just somebody just telling me that and then really looking is, um, you know, was everything. And so I think in our school, I because I was one of those people that didn't wasn't raised with it, didn't didn't, you know, have an innate talent. Uh, I learned everything. I believe anybody can learn to draw. Anybody can learn to paint. Uh, anybody can learn to create art. So, uh, you know, that's kind of like the backbone of of our school uh, and what we what we tell artists. But now, um, when you were when you realized this and when you started drawing, did you then go to do some uh, art classes or how? Oh, yeah. how did you, uh, you did. Okay. Yeah, I went to um that happened when I was about 15 and so I picked up painting and did it, you know, whenever I could uh at, on my own and then I went to um Savannah College of Art and Design 
and um, went there for two years. And then I transferred to University of Georgia. So I graduated with a, a BFA in painting. Okay. And how much of this education do you think was needed or did you then start developing your own style and doing your own thing? Was that sort of, sort of the basis for you? No, uh, I would say um, at Savannah College of Art and Design, I learned uh, a little bit. I mean, I learned uh, more about drawing. I learned uh, a little bit about oil painting, you know, and because I, I hadn't oil painted up to that point, only acrylics. So that's where I learned a little bit about oil painting. And then when I transferred to University of Georgia, they just, I don't know, all the professors would just, um, you know, have a lot of cigarette breaks. You know, they were trying to date the girls. Uh, they just were playing around. I mean, they didn't like actually teach. Um, we had critiques, but they never really taught, you know, anything. It was, it was, um, and I, I definitely didn't know my voice. I didn't know, I didn't have a style. I just, you know, did my best. And, um, when I graduated, I was really fortunate to get a job in the decorative art market. And that's really where I learned everything. Uh, so, um, you know, I can't say I didn't learn anything in college, but I, it wasn't really, you know, what I could apply as a professional artist. And they taught me, uh, a lot of bad things, you know, that uh, don't even try to make it as an artist. You can't, nobody makes it as an artist, um, you know, uh, make art for art's sake uh, and, and almost ingrain this sort of art school elitism to um, making anything pretty or beautiful or decorative was so, you know, beneath us and, and, you know, not real art. And they called it couch art. And um, so I went into the couch art industry and learned all about, you know, decorative art and what sells and what doesn't sell and a lot of techniques and realized uh, collectors want something beautiful. They don't want something negative, ugly, reactive, you know, elitist, you know, that's that they they can't relate to. Uh, they need it explained to them in order to understand it or something like that. You know, um, people who actually buy art just want something they connect with that they find beautiful and they want to live with. Oh, I totally agree. And now I've spoken to a few artists also who, who developed their own style, who found their own way by themselves. And And I remember also speaking to uh, David Friesel, and he said that he does a lot of um, like um, uh, fantasy type of drawings and things, and and he said that was not acceptable when he studied. You know, they they didn't yeah. accept that. So he left he left university, and he kept doing what he loved doing. And so you know, this is very interesting for me that 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 artists get to that point where you say, okay, now look. You know, this is not for me. This is what I do. And this is what, how I express myself. Mm -hmm. But 
so you what i also love what you're doing is this is your your academy there is it the uh, milan art institute yeah now tell me how did that start um you know it's it's really wild um when i was in college my dad really wanted um he really wanted me to marry like a doctor lawyer engineer type that would take care of me because i was going into art and he was worried you know i don't know i wouldn't make it so when he found out that i was going to marry another artist uh he he kind of freaked out a little bit and he encouraged me to he he encouraged me to get a teaching certificate um, I, I didn't want an art education degree because I really wanted to go far in, in, in art. And so, um, so he agreed to pay for one more year of college to get for me to get a teaching certificate. And I went to the first, um, education class 101 and listened to the, t- the teacher. And he was basically saying, if this is your fallback career, because you think you can't make it in the field that you want to go into, you know, drop the class. Uh, if you have really strong um, political views or spiritual views, uh, you're opinionated in any way, um, you're not going to make it. Um, get out of the education field. Uh, and he said, um, if you if you're here because you want your summers off to do what you really want to do, you know, get out. And I was like, he's talking to me. That's exactly why I'm here. So I um, so I I dropped the class and I told my dad, sorry, I'm not doing it. Um, I would, I would probably get fired. I'm not going to make it as a teacher. And so I, I kind of left that. And, um, but I, when I was thinking about that as a career path, I was thinking, yeah, that would be kind of cool to teach like high school or college level art class. Like I, I could get into that. Um, and that's really the only time I thought about it in my entire life, um, was way back when I was what, 25 years old or 20, 23 years old. And so, uh, as, as, uh, we were making it, my husband and I in the art, in the art world and, and earning a good living and, um, selling a lot of art, we would have artists all along the way, um, constantly asking us how, how did we do it? How, how are we able to do it? Could we help them? And we tried to help them, but it was like their, their art wasn't quite there. They either needed more skill or they needed, um, you know, to tweak some things because it wasn't quite sellable. And and so it was too hard to like slow down and sit there and really teach somebody. Um, I worked with a few artists where they would come in and apprentice with us or, you know, I would give them critiques or some help or some tips. But we were we were really working hard at our own career. So it was hard to slow down to do that. And um, so in 2008, as you know, um, I think it was pretty much worldwide. We, you know, we had that big crash where the economy pretty much collapsed and uh, our, we were working with a dealer at the time and all our eggs were in one basket. So when this dealer, um, you know, had a major financial issue because of the crash and basically the galleries would stop paying him um, because he would let he would buy our art from us and then he would wait for it to sell in a gallery and um and then when it would sell in the gallery the gallery is supposed to pay him on 30-day terms but they weren't doing it because they were having financial issues so it was just sort of this this financial breakdown so he told us i can't buy any more art 
um, from you guys. And that was like our sole source of income at the time. So, um, so we went out like really hustling over the next two years, um, working directly with galleries. We did New York art expo. We really tried to diversify. And, um, I took a few gigs here and there, um, teaching, uh, just to kind of make ends meet while we were in this transition period. And I realized I really loved teaching and, um, I, you know, I loved being able to help artists. And even though it wasn't like the best time to help artists, right. When, when things were, were slow, but, um, anyway, through all of that, we ended up moving to this property and there was this huge, like, uh, 2000 square foot multi-purpose building on the property. And I was thinking, Oh, that's like my dream studio. And, um, and really I, I believe God just interrupted the plan, um, of this being my studio and, um, you know, it, I, I feel like it came, it came from God. Like it wasn't really my idea. Um, and, um, and I was supposed to open this art school. I just felt like that was my purpose and what I was supposed to do. And everything just really came together. And it was really clear that that's what I was supposed to do. So, um, so yeah, in 2010, um, we opened the school and we, you know, for many years we're balancing, um, you know, uh, you know, working with all kinds of dealers and galleries and everything, selling our art, um, and building the school. And then I would say in 2000 and maybe 16, 2016, 17, uh, we went out on our own. We still work with a few galleries, but we mostly just sell artwork ourselves straight to collectors. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really like freed us up um, to, you know, do whatever we want. So, um, so that's, yeah, that's kind of our, Amazing. our path. And, how we um how the school came about and but, uh, i i when i read that i thought uh, what the uh, perfect that you opened the school because you understand also how to start painting or you understand really the process and uh that there's no there's no such thing as you can't paint or you're not able to so amazing uh, you know that you can so you can see potentially you can motivate somebody to paint. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Because if anybody tells me, Oh, I, I, I don't have the talent. I'm not able to paint. I'm like, yeah, me neither. You know, uh, I learned everything. So. And I see you also do courses for, for like high school, uh, age children. Um, and I think uh, how amazing, because that's actually, um, a time where, somebody can really take this up and really and and also i i believe that the more children do different forms of art the more they are able to express themselves yeah absolutely mm-hmm. and it's it's really a time um i mean i i was pretty involved in the project but my kids actually um uh as they were teenagers and and selling their art and uh, really finding their voice and going through it. They, they're the ones that, that teach the course. Um, so yeah, I think that's very unique is that they're, they're learning from people, their, their own age potentially. And, um, 
So I don't actually teach anything in that, in that course, but I, I helped um, produce it. And so it's a great age because in, in that sort of 10 years old till 18, there's so many things forming and it's such a time where most kids are super insecure and they have a lot of self doubts and they're really open and looking for, you know, purpose and destiny and why am I here? And, um, and, you know, sadly, if they come to the conclusion that there's no reason why they're here, um, and there is no purpose for me, I'm not special. I'm not significant. I don't have value. Um, you know, they, they get depressed or, or turn to other things or kind of go on a bad path or, you know, settle into, you know, um, a safe career choice that will, they think bring the money. Um, and so that's the whole point of it. Even if they don't go into art to just ignite that question, that curiosity, maybe I'm here for a reason. Maybe there's purpose to my life. Uh, maybe I'm going to change the world. Uh, what, it, what is it, you know, I can do. And I think giving young people, um, a skill that most people don't have like drawing, like painting, like creating, um, same thing with music or, you know, any other skill, right. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it builds confidence. It's like, I can do something most people can't do. Uh, even though if, if anybody put time into it, they could do it. But still, um, having a skill, I think, builds confidence, you know? Exactly, yeah. And this uh, this is actually also why I uh, think that it's so important that schools really do have art as a subject alongside maths and science and um, and languages, that, you know, art should be seen as as important as these subjects. And I did a project here in Vienna over lockdown where I photographed uh, 500 artists in their windows. And during this time and talking to them during this period, um, I really, the conclusion that I got to was that art, uh, all forms of art, um, you, you, like you say, you, you get, you have these skills by doing this art form where you, you know, this, perseverance, self-motivation, confidence. Um, I mean, you can you can name so many things that that uh, you know uh, looking at life in a different way that art brings that studying art, studying music, studying dancing. And it's for me is so um, tragic really that that schools don't acknowledge it. Yeah, and it's getting worse. It seemed like they used to more. Um, at least here in the, in the States, it was like that. And, um, they've just like, I don't know, they're just constantly talking about budget cuts and, uh, you know, how they have to cut this or that, but then you see the school boards, you know, have plenty of money. So Mm -hmm. I I don't know. I, I don't necessarily believe the budget cut story, but, uh, it's definitely, been kind of taken out of of the curriculum and there isn't a big importance on it you have to go to a special art school uh in high school in order my husband went to one of those um it's uh they focused on all the arts uh whether and you kind of picked your path if you were going into visual art or dance or music and so all of his friends in high school were 
some form of an artist and uh you know that kind of school was great but they're private they're not they're not public schools yeah. that everybody could go to but, but you sort of wish that every child yeah in the world could have this opportunity and i think Absolutely. it's also a misconception that you think you have to play an instrument and then you know, if you play an instrument, you have to be a musician, but you can no. also play an instrument and, and appreciate music. skills and, and appreciate music. And I think also during the time, the lockdown, where we started questioning why art isn't valued. And I think this is the answer is that why it can't be valued if people are, if children are not educated and understand what it is, you know, that they're appreciating. So I'm very much for the education of art uh, in schools. And, and I I really, uh, this was really for me very uh, wonderful to read what you are doing and that you have these programs and, and that you believe that, that, that it's important. Yeah, I think also, you know, something that they really miss is um, everybody is an art collector. Everyone. Yeah. You don't have, it's not, it, it, you know, art collecting should be something that is really taught and, uh, you know, you just like appreciating music or appreciating dance or appreciating, you know, visual art. Um, everybody should learn, you know, how, how important art is for the world, how art does change the world. Uh, you know, in your history class, they, they gloss over the fact that everything in history happened because it was first written, sung, yeah, painted, you know, in like Socrates said, right? Um, you know, show me the um, the songs of a land, and I'll show you her laws. Uh, it it always is first showing up in the arts before it actually occurs, and so art is very powerful. It, it really truly does change the world. And that is not taught in school. So nobody, you know, believes everybody thinks math is the most important thing, but it's, it's way further down, you know, in, in culture, in terms of what affects things. So art is always first. And if, if people were taught, if, if children were taught that at some point, you know, the the greatest form of appreciation of art and your contribution to culture and to changing the world can be expressed in buying art, living with it around you, um, sharing it with others. Uh, that would be huge. Mm. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, you know, adults feel like, okay, I have to, I have to have an education in art. I have to have money. I have to be high class you know, to collect art. And it's, it's, it's just not true. Everybody's an art collector mm. and there's art to appreciate and buy at every level. Mm. But so uh, I spoke to um, uh, musicians who revived the lyra, you know, the ancient lyra. In, yeah. In Greece. I'm Greek. So I know all about that. Yeah. Do you? And he actually said to me that in ancient Greek, um, in ancient Greece, if you couldn't play the lyra, you were seen as un uneducated, and children uh, took their lyra to school. Oh. Every child had a lyra, and I thought, amazing. Do you think yeah. that that you know that they saw it as so important? Yeah, that's yeah. super cool. 
But I think it's it's also I I hear what you're saying. It it's all this misconception that everything has to be on this extreme level to be able to be appreciated. But I do right. think, you know, I do think I remember as a child and my parents and their friends. Uh, when they got together, they would. Uh, it was always somebody who played the piano, and and they would sing, and and this is something that it it was very informal, and it was not perfect, and not everybody could sing well. But it's that that way of coming together, and you hear that also when I speak to conductors and and musicians, where they talk about the orchestra and what this this coming together of people with the same. Um, idea and the same sort of outlook you know and and how that creates such a unity and I think this is what art does yeah yeah and now I want to talk about your paintings uh, also um I see you paint a lot of animals mm-hmm. tell me about that is is this something is this the theme for you uh, what is it about uh, the mm. animals yeah i i paint animals because i paint symbols so um to me animals have an easy easier than people i think way to um carry a symbol uh because you just for me i just look at the attributes of the animal and whatever its function is or its its attributes, that's the symbol it carries, you know. So, um, you know, like an eagle has, you know, eyesight that they can see far distances and they can they they soar up, you know, in the heights. So, you know, that that tells you what it symbolizes, uh, vision. So um, so I think that's why I like to paint amble, animals because they they and in a multifaceted you know sort of uh symbol it can it can change painting to painting um i mean a bear could symbolize protection it could symbolize um motherhood it could symbolize um you know leadership it could symbolize um you know generational things so there's there's so many things that um and i'm really into dream symbols and uh, dream interpretation and those types of things. And so I, I, and I like to paint things before I really know what they're about. Um, yeah. So I don't have like a plan or I have a plan, but I don't know why I'm painting what I'm painting. Um, it's just something that I'm attracted to or, uh, Oh yeah. I'd like to paint, you know, it's like an aesthetic drive. Uh, but then after I've sort of put these images together, then, then as I'm painting it, I'm trying to interpret it or understand why did I paint that? Um, and, and sort of interpret the symbols and, and then just like the collector form my own story. So, um, so yeah, they're very open-ended and I don't, I don't have something in mind before I'm painting it usually. And so when you stand in front of the blank canvas, do you see an animal in your mind or do you, what, what is the starting point for you when you stand in front of the canvas? Yeah, well, I like to work in series. So usually, um, uh, like I did a, a unicorn series, you know, and, and I painted five unicorns 
And so um, I kind of set out to do that because I, I noticed this sort of progression where I painted horses for many, many years, and then it sort of turned into Pegasus. And I didn't know why. In fact, I really resisted it. I, I, really? I was, I hated the idea that these horses became something mythological and, and not real. And I really resisted it. Um, but it, it just, um, sort of forced itself in there. And, uh, and then, and then I realized why I was painting the Pegasus, why, why the horses now had wings. And when I connected why I was doing it, then it was like, oh, wow, you know, that's, that's so amazing. And, uh, and then I wanted to paint, you know, Pegasus more. And so I did that for, for many years. And then, uh, then it became unicorns. And so, and, and it has this whole like long story. So I think that um, the art I create isn't out of a vacuum, you know, where I'm looking at a blank white canvas trying to figure out what to paint. It's always this um, sort of creative river that you just follow the thread and one idea kind of leads to the next idea, to the next idea, to the next idea. And I have so many ideas written down and series I want to do. Hey. Um, yeah, they're they're written down. And uh, and then if it lasts, if it lasts a long time and I still really want to paint them, uh, then I know it's it's probably something I'm supposed to do. And um, so, yeah, I it uh, and, you know, it's different each time. Sometimes I. Uh, most of the time I start with the plan. I make a source. I gather source materials. I know exactly what I'm going to do on that blank white canvas. But then sometimes I just get sick of myself and all that planning and all really? that, you know, yeah, yeah like yeah. it gets boring. And I just want to challenge myself and just see what happens. And so then I'll just paint intuitively. And then that's when I'll see an animal. That's when the Pegasus came out. I was in that mode where I was just sick of myself and I just did an abstract painting and it was just kind of seeing where is it going to go. And all of a sudden I saw this Pegasus as clear as anything else. I mean, I saw the wings and the whole thing just appeared. And, and I was like, I don't want to paint a Pegasus. That's like mm. fantasy stuff, you know, yeah. um, maybe my old art school voice came back. I don't know. And and so I resisted it, but then once I accepted it and I pushed through and made the connection of, of why that showed up, then, then it was, it was, you know, great. So. But now can you look back at all your paintings and then see your state of mind or your, or, or a period in your life? Is it almost like journaling? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Is that how it is for you? It seems like it would be. Well, in in uh, well, for my photography, I can I can clearly see, and I you know my state of mind, and and yeah, I do. But I was thinking now when you said that you you sort of go with a feeling, or you go with what you want, you know, in what you see then in that moment, then it must be uh, that type of thing that you that you look back on. Yeah. Um, I think like most artists, there's these creative cycles and you, I, you know, 
you start with something like a breakthrough, you have some kind of breakthrough and then you run with that for a while. Uh, and then naturally boredom kind of kicks in and you, you get tired of it. And, um, and then the idea, you know, you kind of go into this crisis mode where you don't know what you want to paint anymore. And you don't, you don't like anything you do. And, uh, oh, you say that, <laughs> yeah, I think it's, it's very just me, yeah. 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 And, and I feel like those are transition times where your taste level is sort of elevating a bit and, that's why you don't like what you're doing anymore and you're not excited about it. It's kind of ran its course and there's something coming, but you can't quite see it yet. So it's frustrating. And uh, I found the fastest way to get it to get here is just keep painting, just keep creating. Um, and even if they're bad, even if you make terrible stuff, just keep, keep painting, keep painting. And sure enough, you know, uh, a breakthrough will happen for sure. And then you're on to the next thing. And that's how you evolve. That's how you get, um, you know, better and better and keep pushing yourself and stretching your boundaries and, you know, working towards something, I think, instead of just repeating, repeating, you know. Exactly. You know, I had this, um, or I have this idea um, that, we go through these periods and then it's almost like when you're pregnant um, with a baby, then there's this uh, sometimes, you know, in, in the beginning, it's this excitement and you're preparing and you have all these ideas. And then there comes a time in the pregnancy where it's sort of you're tired and you you sleep a lot and you, you know, can't wait now for the time to come. And then there's this last phase where you really get this energy and you 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 nest you know like you you compare everything and then it's the birth and I I can see sometimes in my life also in times where I do something where I can see this pattern you know this excitement phase and then this mm, and then this nesting Mm -hmm. phase again and then suddenly something you know miraculous happens and and it's like this wow you know yeah something new comes up so um I always think when I'm at that stage where I'm sort of you know then I think okay but but the the exciting part will come or the next part will come. that's great yeah 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 but now tell me um Ellie what what is the wishes uh what are the wishes for you for the future um I know it sounds cliche but I love when people uh you know, express their wishes on the channel because I think I've I've had so many people whose wishes came true. So mm. I do believe um, if we express it, then it will come true. Yeah, I have so many um, dreams for the future. Uh, I would say personally, uh, on a personal level, I I really want to own land in Greece. I want to. Um, be able to, you know, buy a house, buy a piece of property in Greece and sort of reclaim what was sort of lost in my family Mm -hmm. uh, and um, kind of bring some restoration there. So that's, that's one thing on a, on a personal level, but for, for my career and what we're building with the school, um, we we're doing all kinds of um, new things and we have so many plans that are in motion. 
And I think the main thing that we're really um, in the beginning stages of developing is this sort of patronage side. So, um, you know, in the school, we've been really passionate about helping artists and empowering artists to make a living selling their art. And now we have a ton of artists that have graduated the program that are really doing that. And they are, you know, full-time in their, in their careers. And uh, so we, we really want to also uh, pioneer sort of new ways to buy art, new ways to sell art uh, that are kind of outside of the normal, you know, traditional uh, methods. And uh, we have a lot of ideas for that. And we're, you know, in the process of building a platform for it. Um, I'm not sure if you know, but we've built our own social media called um, Art Social. And so we've built it from scratch. We we own and control the, the whole thing. It's not on somebody else's platform. We, we built the platform um, with, you know, software engineers and all that. And uh, so that is uh, right now, mostly artists are on there, but we are uh, starting to run auctions and we're creating uh, funnels for art collectors to go on there and uh, and participate in these auctions and experiences and connect with other artists. So um, that is something we're just starting and uh, we'll be developing over the next few years um, in lots of different ways. And so, um, so yeah, we're, we're fully invested in art social and making that just be the ultimate place for, for everyone because everybody's an art collector and, um, and, you know, a few people are artists. So, uh, it's, it's really a place where everybody could connect. And just like we've really, um, our message is really to help artists understand that they have purpose and, and a destiny in art and, a real calling, you know, in art. I want collectors to know that there's purpose in patronage. There's purpose in buying art and collecting art and supporting the arts and uh, mm-hmm. connecting with other artists and really giving value to to what they do and allowing what they create to bring value to your own life. And I believe art can serve as, you know, a portal in, in their own life to open up avenues, open up opportunities, open up roads for them to go. So it's, um, it's a really, uh, I think important thing. And we're, we, we want to just like we, what we've done with the art school, we want to, you know, educate or inspire, uh, people that, that they're an art collector and it doesn't mean that they have to have a ton of money. Um, they they can collect art, even if you buy a print, even if you you know buy a T-shirt, you know that an artist designed. You know you you're supporting the arts. You're a part of that that whole ecosystem. So, um, mm-hmm. so yeah, that's our our main um, dream or you know idea that we're working on. But what an amazing idea because. I was just thinking now, I, I, not long ago, I spoke to a young artist who who said this thing of, you know, he doesn't have a name, so he, it's difficult to get into a gallery, his work into a gallery, and 
and he's not this person and and so he can't charge uh, uh, this amount for his work and you think that now you open up the door for all artists to to come in and get their work out there and get their work seen because that's so important i mean you mm-hmm. it's not only the ones who have a name that needs to sell their work right mm-hmm. yeah so, i mean i don't think cuz you know, in the, in that gallery system, there's a lot of artists that aren't very good, but somehow they, you know, got in with a gallery. Um, and then there's artists that are, you know, really skilled, really good, have, you know, something tremendous to say, but they're not in the gallery. Um, and these galleries, you know, are, a lot of them are sort of the gatekeepers of, you know, who are they going to put their stamp of approval on? And, um, I think the real true test as to, you know, who, who can professionally sell their art is the people who've put passion into it and work and effort and built their skills, uh, have devoted themselves to it. It's just like anything else. You know, I can't go do a TED talk, let's say, if I haven't devoted myself to my message or I haven't really fully fleshed out something. Um, you can't expect somebody to read your book uh, if you haven't really worked at it and and you know edited, gone through all these edits and and made it something, you know, really good. Um, you can't just take a snapshot with no experience, no, you haven't, you know, worked at your skill at all and just expect people to you know, buy your photograph or license your photograph, you've, you have to work at it. You have to devote yourself to it. And it, it takes, it takes time and it takes maturity and it takes, um, hard work to really passionately devote yourself to what it is you're doing. And that's what to me determines, um, you know, if, if you're ready for the market or you're ready for people to buy your art, because if you're just playing around and, you know, I don't know, throwing some paint on a canvas and saying, oh yeah, I'm an artist. It's like, well, you know, you're, you're starting to be an artist, you know, but you, you, you really need to uh, commit and be devoted to it. It's not just a a silly little hobby, you know? And so, um, and I don't think that's gatekeeping. I think that's just Mm -hmm. like being um, a professional you know, and a professional is going to spend a lot of time devoted to what it is they do, constantly uh, pushing themselves, pushing the boundaries, um, bringing out the best in themselves in that, in what it, whatever it is they're doing. And I also believe these things have an energy, you know, that you can see or you can sense from people also who, mm-hmm. you know, what they've put in or what they are trying to say through their work. So, yeah, that's absolutely true what you're saying. Yeah. But, Ellie, this was so lovely talking to you. Uh, So great. I admire you so much for all your work, for how you started, um, how you continuously, uh, you know, pursue your career as an artist and also that you're giving back and that you see the need to help young artists as well. And I love this program where people can come and um, not just learn to to paint or or to express themselves but also that you help them further to sell their work you know and to because that's also a part where 
where you if if somebody can just help you or motivate you or just put you in the right direction i think for any artist that is such an amazing um thing that you that you're giving so really i admire your work well thank you i appreciate the opportunity um to to be on your show it's a great pleasure thank you so much for reaching out this was so lovely to talk to you and i hope that one day we can meet in person yeah yeah Yeah. that would be great so whenever you come to vienna have you been I haven't been, um, I've been, I've never been to Austria, actually. I've been to Germany, Switzerland, Italy. Seems like I've gone all around. <laughs> I've been oh, to okay. Czech Republic. Um, but yeah, I've not, I've not, I know Vienna is not too far from Czech Republic. Um, so you can come and, and open a Milan Art Institute here in Vienna. <laughs> that would be That'd fun. That would be amazing, Yeah. <laughs> So, but have a lovely afternoon. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I appreciate it very much. And hope to see you soon. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye.